Victorian tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. Best drunk food, White Castle sliders. Oh, my God! I feel like everything that's associated with drunk food is stuff that's going to make you just explode the next day. In college, we always called that the Natty Splatties because we were drinking natural light. The naturalist of the light beer. But I think it had more to do with the garbage that we would consume afterwards. There's this calzone place called DP Doe. It was right across the street. Good food. Probably 3,500 calories. And it's 2 in the morning. And you've had 15 natty ices. And that thing goes down. I've also found that being drunk and getting pizza is the fastest way to burn the roof of your mouth. I mean, it will just kill you. I love drunk pizza. But you don't know you burn yourself. There's this place in Morgantown called Casa. We used to stop all the time on the walk back from the sports page, which was our favorite bar. And we would be crushed. And we'd get a couple slices of Casa. And then the next day I'd wake up and there's no skin on the roof of my mouth. That's not good. Not ideal. Less than ideal. Your favorite drunk food, 412-922-2874. Tweet me if you want anonymity. On the dot com at underscore Adam Crowley. The Penguins are F, man. I'm worried about this team. You ready for a proclamation? We said that Thanksgiving was the drop dead date to freak out about the team, right? Well, I think we should all start freaking out. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I really don't. If you look at the standings, the Penguins are three points out of a wild card spot right now. They're not in a bad position, but if you look at the Metro, they're second from the bottom, third from the bottom, pardon me. Second or third. I don't know what, how people do that. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't get what, how people do that. They're, so you've got Philly on the bottom, and then the Penguins are tied with Carolina. So does that make them second from the bottom or first from the bottom? Well, first from the bottom, who cares? They're not in a good spot. They're trailing the team that they played last night by more than a handful of points. They gave them two points the last time that they've played them. They gave them one, allowing Columbus to come back. And I suppose the Penguins stole a couple in this last one by coming back. But when you're chasing a team, you can't give up the points. And I said back then, it's not that huge of a deal. But you do it twice, you're only going to get so much opportunity to make up ground on these guys. But here's why they're not making the playoffs, besides the fact that they're behind almost everyone in the standings. They're banged the frig up. Brian Rust is out. Long-term injury. Chad Ruedel's week-to-week with an upper body injury. Matt Murray now. Day-to-day with an upper body injury. Latang day-to-day with a lower body injury. Schultz, long-term injury. You guys. They're way behind in the standings. They're behind a handful of squads. And they're not healthy at all. I'm sure at some point they'll hit a stride. But I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I think there's too many teams they need to jump. And I think the roster is just that flawed. And when you've got a fraud, fraud, oh boy, a fraudster, maybe that's what they have. Maybe it's a fraudster. It's a flawed roster. A fraud roster, even. A froster. When you've got a flawed roster and then you are banged up on top of it, and it challenges the lack of depth that you already have, Rubber Reggie, maybe ain't making them playoffs. Are you freaking out about the Penguins yet? 
412-922-2874. Are you? Are you? Are you? Because I kind of am. Last night was a hell of a win, and they needed it. And they played well against Metropolitan Division teams, but these injuries. I said last week, and I've gone back and forth all the time on the Penguins this year, which is strong for radio. Stick with your hot take, right? I said last week that Penguins will be fine. They played well against Metropolitan Division teams, which means when they need to step up, they have stepped up. Well, it's hard to step up whenever you don't have anybody. Now, that being said, I said two years ago in the middle portion of the season, I think it was December or January back then, the Penguins didn't have a chance to win the Stanley Cup. Then last year, I said the Penguins were dead at one point, too. And they're back-to-back cup champs. So, take this with a little grain of salt. I'm worried. I think they might not make it. 412-922-2874. Favorite drunk food, KDO, who's right here in studio, direct messages me. I'd like to remain anonymous. Pizza, also pretzels. I don't like pretzels when I'm drinking. I can't stand pretzels when I'm drinking. I love pretzels. I'm a big pretzel guy. But when you drink, your mouth is kind of like dry. And then you start eating pretzels. And it's like, it's like you're eating cardboard. I don't need that. I meant once you get home. You go in your kitchen, your pantry, you open up the cupboard bag of pretzels yeah but when you're drunk when you're drunk don't you usually kind of have cotton mouth sometimes yeah well then i don't want anything dry i like something sloppy wet like disgusting i also drink water when i get home usually that's what i do too yeah in fact i remember waking up in the middle of last night or really this morning it was like five o'clock and i looked to my left it's the first time i had awakened from my drunken slumber and sitting to my left was a bottle of water Drunk, has to be there. Drunk Crowley was a big friend to eventual sober Crowley and hungover Crowley. These pretzels are making me thirsty. Isn't that just the problem? I can't do pretzels. I can do pizza. I probably shouldn't out this person, so I won't. But at Steelers training camp two years ago, I got lit. I mean, bombed. It was an off day the next day, no practice, and I was out with some Steelers writers, and when we got back, we were we had munchies real badly. Like we were really hungry, and in the trash can, there was one of those styrofoam containers for to-go stuff, and in the styrofoam container was nachos with sour cream and guacamole and salsa. It looked like it had been untouched, and it was sitting right on top of the trash can. So me and Dale, <clears throat> pardon me, uh, me and my cohort, we ate them, and then we giggled for like 15 minutes because a Steelers team employee walked by and saw us eating the trash nachos. Trash nachos. Better or worse than Taco Bell nachos? It's the same thing. You think so? Is Taco Bell a sponsor? They're not a sponsor? My God, today was a disaster. Uh, there's no toilet paper left in my entire house. Whole thing's backed up. It's really bad. Really bad situation this morning. Really bad. I mean, I'm I'm telling you, guys, transparency, number one virtue of the Crowley show, it's bad. And my wife's getting at home and she's gonna see the toilets clogged. Because I didn't see until I left for work. Mm-hmm. 
That's Joe trying to get me to stop talking about poop. Joe, what was your drunk food of choice? Pizza. All right, give me something other than pizza. Anything else? We've done the pizza thing. Did you burn your mouth on the pizza ever? Uh, probably. Okay. Sandwiches. I mean, I'd like a little bit more specificity. PB like, and J. No, no one's no, eating. No, no one's cold eating. Cuts. No cold cuts are great when you're drunk. Like from the day before, I had a buddy. This is genius. We lived above a Jimmy John's in Morgantown, and he'd get crushed. But then he'd go buy yesterday's bread for a dollar, and it's like this long ass piece of bread, and he would eat it, and he'd sober up, and he'd feel fine the next morning. Meanwhile, I'm shoving dog food. Taco Bell down my gullet, and the next morning I did not feel fine, and nor do any of the people around me. In fact, Katie, do you smell that right now? No. Joe, looked like you had something to add there. Very good. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Got this tweet from Ramey. Jerry was on James... Oh, boy. <laughs> Can't read that. Ah, I, I, can, I, can, I can actually probably read it. I'm going to anyway. Jerry was on James Root, wasn't he? Damn. I agree with you, Adam. No pass on James. You can't give James Harrison a pass. And Jerry's the only guy who I've seen defend him. Because he'll intercept it. What are you talking about? What are you doing? Why, why are you playing this? I don't understand. Does Katie understand? Why is it? Why is he, what are you playing the music for? I don't get it. And then you said something in the microphone that was indiscernible. He'll intercept it. Intercept what? The pass that you give to James Harrison. He'll intercept it. They give it after a touchdown. Oh, like in Super Bowl. Well, give yourself 43. the loser game show sound. No, the loser. Would you get out of here with your damn music? Man, we don't do radio the right way around here. We just have fun, and we don't care who knows. I don't care who knows that I'm having fun, baby. That's why our ratings are up 300%. They are. Dave. I don't lie. I had a train of thought there, and you busted it. Oh, yeah. Ramey said that Jerry was on James's route, which I feel like, I feel like that means something. You can't give James a pass, though, because it shows that you can... If you do, then it's kind of... You're just turning a blind eye. If you do, then you kind of reward the behavior. And some have argued that by cutting him, you reward the behavior, but doesn't it show you how big of a distraction James Harrison was if they cut his ass and not Martavis Bryant? Martavis is posting everything on social media. James was being a cancer in the locker room, so they all knew that, but it wasn't out in public. So I think that has to do with the fact that Martavis can help the team down the road and James couldn't. But I also think it tells you that, hey, this needed to happen because the Steelers, uh, clearly, they felt like he was that big of a problem. And when all the players came out afterwards and have said he's not a leader and that he was leaving and he wasn't going to meetings, that to me says that it had become such a problem that you had no other option, the only recourse, was to cut his ass. John tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. 
Your biggest concern about the Penguins not making the playoffs means that you have to pay attention to the Pirates for three months before the Steelers start. John, are you a friend of the show? Are you a fan of the show? You are. You tweet me every single day. I'm not going to talk about the Pirates. And the numbers will still be good. Because I'm interesting. And the show's interesting. And it's weird. And we're characters. And we have fun. And you people appreciate that. Again, with the you peoples. You appreciate that. You do. And in fact, I can't wait for Steelers season to be over. I'm going to enjoy every last second of Steelers season. But when Steelers season is over and it's just the Penguins, and if the Penguins are bad, I'm left to my own devices. I can do whatever I want. I can talk about whatever I want. Not that we don't anyhow. We talked about aliens last week. We had the New York Times guy on who busted the Pentagon. We had a dude on from the SETI Institute. I'm not worried at all about content, buddy. We'll be totally fine. Benzie's always fine. Hottest vampire I know. Official vampire of the Crowley Show, Tim Benz, who was in the locker room yesterday and today, joins us next. Crowley Show. Tim Ben's going to join me in a few minutes here on the Crowley Show, official vampire of the Crowley Show, of course, of Trib Live and the Steelers Radio Network. Jonathan tweets, Are you wishing the Penguins would have protected Flurry in hindsight given the injury susceptibility of Murray? Let's not do that. We're not going to do that, right? We can't do that. No, absolutely not. Matt Murray has an opportunity to be the Penguins goaltender for the next 10 years. Marc-Andre Fleury, you could get five out of if you're lucky. And I think Matt Murray is going to be a better goaltender in the long run than Marc-Andre Fleury has. Cookie Boy Bray tweets. I should just I should just say somebody. I, from now on, I'm just going to say somebody tweets. Somebody tweets, Mitchell's comment on Harrison signing with that team in Boston was my favorite. I wouldn't sell my soul for 59 k Jerry was also kind of anti that statement when he called in earlier too, saying something along the lines of, well, maybe if you're in that position, you could say it, but you're not in that position. And I think there's some credence to that. If Mike Mitchell's a free agent, the Patriots come calling, I'm sure he's going to think about it. But at the same time, he's saying what he needs to say to do right by his teammates. Mike Mitchell saying, I wouldn't sell my soul for 59 K. That's saying, guys, I'm black and gold to my core. And the teammates appreciate that. The fans appreciate that. I'm sure the coaches and the Roonies appreciate that, too. Let's go to Richard in Wheeling. Hello, Richard. Hello, hello. You're Bogan says hello. What's that now? I said, hello, hello. You're Bogan says hello. Haven't you ever heard that before? I have not. What's on your mind, Richard? Uh, you were talking about James Harrison, that the, uh, what a cancer he was in the locker room. Yes. Well, I was wondering if he's such a cancer. Apparently, the Patriots, Belichick, whoever, doesn't know anything about it because they took him. If he, like you say, is, why would he take him? Well, he was a cancer because he didn't like the situation in Pittsburgh. I'm sure he's going to love the situation in Boston if they're going to utilize him correctly. And now, if they don't, he'll be a little bitch up there, too. How are they going to utilize him that would make him happy? Uh, get him more than 40 snaps? 
I mean, he played 40 snaps all year long in Pittsburgh, Richard. I think he just wants to play. That's what this all stems from, right? He just wants to play. And that's okay if you want to play. I understand that everyone on the roster is a professional athlete. They've been the best at their position for their entire lives. Like, they all think that they can get the job done. Even the backup quarterbacks think that they can get the job done. What you can't have happen is you stop being a leader, you start being a jackass, you stop going to meetings. That kind of stuff can't happen. In Boston, in New England, in Foxborough, wherever, if they move on to James Harris and, and let him play, he's going to be happier. I think that's just a fact. You think they know those kind of things in uh, Boston? You think they're aware of that, Belichick? Uh, yeah, but, the, yeah but here's the thing, Richard, and thank you for the call. They don't really they don't have anything tethered to Harrison. So if they don't play him and he bitches, then they'll just cut him. <laughs> they, they don't have anything tethered to him. Joining me now, the official vampire of the Crowley Show, he is Tim Benz. Tim, you've been all over this, man. Yesterday, talking to Marcus Gilbert, or pardon me, well, today talking to Marcus Gilbert. Yesterday, being right up in the face of Marquise Pouncey. Do you find what the Steelers are saying about James Harrison to be credible? To be credible? Yes. Um... Well, I mean, I'm not going to deny their own locker room. I mean, I'm, I'm not in the meeting rooms. Um, and I guess he can refute whether or not he's been to see Ryan Shazier. That was the only one that seemed to be really questionable to me. Like, you know, does every single player know when he has or has not been to the hospital? Aside from that, there just seemed to be universal agreement that it was better that he was gone and that there was universal agreement that they were upset that the team was being made to look bad uh, in the name of a player who wanted out. Uh, I think two things disappointed him, uh, sort of the whole, if not here, then why there thing. In other words, why'd you go to New England when, you know, if that was the only option, you should have retired. I don't think that's fair. Uh, they can't tell him where to go, but that seemed to take him off. And then the other thing was, if you asked out, say that you wanted out and you forced your way out. Um, and don't let the team look bad for five days without anybody saying anything. So I think those are the two things that made the players bad. The credibility factor, well, a lot of people seem to be of the same opinion. You know, the only thing that I would question is, you know, did he really not go to see Ryan Shazier, and, and how does everybody else know that he didn't do that at some point? That's the only thing I would wonder about. And we won't know that until Shazier says something. Well, okay, so Bud Dupree actually came out and said that what he meant by that was Harrison went on his own. He didn't go with the rest of the linebackers. Okay, so then if he clarified that, then, well, that needed to be clarified. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it did, too, uh, because James might be a total D-bag, and he might have been acting like a total D-bag, but not seeing your teammate who might be paralyzed, yeah, that's a big D-bag move. Uh, Tim, if James Harrison's reputation if his legacy in Pittsburgh is tarnished do you think it's more about what happened in the locker room uh, more about him being a d-bag or do you think it's more about him going to New England I think if he goes to the Atlanta Falcons we're not hearing about this but I think the fact that he went to New England and he might now stand in the way exacerbated everybody's feelings like I think if he was able to go play and not stand in their way of a championship by forcing his way out. You might have gotten softer responses. But the fact that he goes to New England, to me, augments everything. I think it's why you got the reaction that you did universally across the board yesterday. My 
thought process on this, Tim, is a little bit different. I mean, I get that for sure, and I, I do think that that is why Steelers fans are hurt. The reason why I think it does tarnish the legacy is because for so long we've thought of James Harrison as this tough guy son of a gun, right? This tough guy who is going to bash skulls, and he's supposedly a great leader, this brooding monster who's going to take players under his wing, and they're going to go lift out in Arizona. And now you find out he's kind of a big baby, the way he's handled things, not going to meetings, and so on and so forth. And he wasn't all that good of a teammate. So to me, all the mystique that surrounded James Harrison, apart from his playing ability, is kind of, uh, I mean, it's been brought to question now over the last couple of days. Yeah, but you know what? Uh, we had a call today on SNR and on ESPN Pittsburgh where someone said, uh, you know what, the first time he goes up there and waves that terrible towel, uh, everything will be forgotten about. And I don't know if that's quite the case, but, you know, barring him strip-sacking Roethlisberger and, uh, you know, costing them an AFC championship, I do think that the ill feelings will go away. Um, you know, they even did for Bradshaw for a while after failing to go to Art Rooney's funeral, failing to, um, you know, make amends with Roethlisberger after the whole motorcycle thing. He still came back. His kids sang the national anthem, and then it went bad again with Tomlin. So we've seen bad feelings. Mean, even Santonio Holmes, who left in like the worst possible way, two years removed from an MVP trophy in the Super Bowl, ended up, you know, now doing a lot of things with the organization in good stead. So you've got that as well. Um, you know, that, as another example as to how sometimes these things can heal over, uh, Greg Lloyd has even been brought back, I believe, once or twice, and that ended poorly. Uh, pretty soon, I'm sure, we'll see Troy Palomalu come back and all will be fine there, even though I don't think they left on the best of terms. These things have a way of being forgotten about. Time does heal a lot of wounds, but we don't have the end of the story yet. Let's see how this punctuates. And I also still want to know how he finally got himself out. Like, what was the straw that broke the yes. camel's back? After, you know, how many weeks of him acting this way, what was finally the reason why Colbert and Tomlin said, you know what, we've had enough. Gilbert's coming back, and uh, we've got to figure out a roster spot. Let's just, let's just get rid of James now. I mean, did it get really bad? I mean, were there threats? Were there concerns that things were going to turn to a fight in the meeting room? I mean, how bad did it get, and why then basically gifting him to the New England Patriots when they needed somebody? Yeah, I think that there's something that went down there as well, Tim, because according to Dulac's report when he talked to Harrison, uh, Harrison said that five days prior to the release, Mike Tomlin said, uh, we would not do that. That would be stupid. So uh, I'm wondering if something went down there in that interim. Those five days, to me, seem to be pretty pertinent. Yeah, I think so. Um, now maybe this is some, this could have been something that happened, oh, I don't know, uh, week 14 or 15 when Gilbert was out and they just had to wait on it until Gilbert came back. And that's why Tomlin keeps saying over and over again, we needed to create a roster spot because Gilbert came back from his PED suspension. Um, that could have been it. And that's why Mike is saying it that way. Or, you know what? It could have been as simple as, look, I'm not going. I'm staying home for Christmas. You guys go without me. That's true. Uh, you know, you know, that could be, I mean, we've kind of joked about that, but maybe there's some truth to that joke that it finally just came to a head and the breaking point was he's refusing to go on road trips that he doesn't want to go on now. That's a precedent we can't set, and he was cut loose. Maybe that's it. 
Do you agree if the Steelers are not going to play their starters? In fact, we've got the Gilbert audio here uh, of you having your conversation with him. Well, let's play it for the audience here, and then yeah, I'll well, get your thoughts. Point this out because he, yeah. he's denying he said it. Well, you can't deny this. Any vibe on what Cleveland has up front as opposed to what you saw in week one? Um, Ben's not there, so <laughs> they'll get a... Uh... They'll get a little taste of Landry Jones, so I mean, you'll never know what to expect from him. You know? No, I meant, I meant from them defensively. They're that's, that's what I'm saying. You'll know, you'll never know what to expect from them because we have Landry Jones uh, in there. We don't have Ben, and we don't have eight four. So uh, we don't have Le'Veon Bell. So how, how you prepare for that, you don't know. So we'll just see come game time. They might change it up, and they might you know play us the same as they did last time. Yeah, Tim, I'm gonna believe the guy. The first time around, whenever he's not even asked a specific question about who's playing and who's not, when he's just forthcoming with the information, I'm going to believe that that's what they're doing. He just offered it up. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was it was two <laughs> minutes and 43 seconds into a four-minute conversation. It was a question about something entirely different, and I tried to redirect him to make sure he understood what was being talked about. How can he deny that he said it? It, I look back at my Twitter account. It's verbatim exactly what he said. When did he deny this? Did he deny? Did he? Did they tweet? Did he tweet at you or something? No, he didn't tweet at me. He tweeted at Joe Rudder because Joe Rudder at mentioned him in a story, and he said, "Like I guess Joe Rudder's headline from the trip said Marcus Gilbert tells our Tim Benz that uh, Landry Jones, or I think he said that Ben Roethlisberger, Bell, and Brown won't be playing." And he replied, "Marcus Gilbert did not." <laughs> like, I got alerted to the fact that he was denying this. In fact, I heard it on Madden's show downstairs at like 5 o'clock. I was pulling into my garage, and I said, I'll send you the audio. So I just sent him the clip. I mean, that's unedited. You can, you even heard me kind of stumble my way through saying, no, Marcus, that's not really what I'm talking about. But he cut me back off to reiterate that they're not playing. Like, how, how, do you, how do you do that? It's not like I had a hidden recorder. It was an ESPN Radio 970 mic flag. Going back and forth, we talked about uh, you know his return, the Houston game. There's like three minutes of preamble to that. It, it, this, there's nothing surreptitious here. It's right there for everybody to hear and to read. Tim, you should have been listening to my show at 5 o'clock. What the hell's wrong with you? Well, I apologize. I shouldn't have let that slip. You, You're you, right. You shouldn't have, especially because today's the big day where we just found out 300% ratings increase for the old Crowley show. Come on now, Benzy. 300% from when? From last month. From last month. Yeah, we're three hundred percent up from you. Yeah, we're kicking ass, man. So you're kicking your own ass. That's good. No, that's good. I mean, like you're 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 measuring yourself against yourself now. What I'm saying is, like you're not you're not measuring these ratings as opposed to this time last year, for instance. Oh, I have not looked at that, but I feel like we've been doing pretty well for ourselves there too. But I don't want to go too far down that road, Timothy. No, that's fine. I just wanted to know the context. See, since everybody's all about context with these Gilbert quotes, I want to make sure we're being consistent. Well, it is a good question because I could just be saying, oh, we're up 300%, 300%, 300%. Well, 300% from where? I mean, come on, uh, 10 years ago? Is this Adam Crowley fake news? Uh, uh, Adam wait, wait, ten, 10 years ago, wait, wait, 10 years ago would be when I was doing drive down there, so I don't want to hear that. No, I was probably down 300% since then. That was big, That what did they call you guys, big fish in the minnow or something? Uh, the shark in the minnow, yes. <laughs> Yeah. We weren't officially called that. That's just what Bendel dubbed it. Ah, okay. The How about how about my guess there? The my derivative, the big fish in the middle. How stupid would that have been? Yeah, big fish in the middle counts does sound kind of silly, doesn't it?
It does. Uh, Tim, are the Penguins going to make the playoffs? I'm a little worried now, especially given the injury situation and looking at the number of teams that they need to jump. Uh, I'm starting to get a little weary. Yeah, I'm starting to get nervous too, especially if they're still playing to make a big trade, and that big trade is Chris Letang. How do you make up for that right now? That's a huge question. Um, you know, I'm, I'm actually working on a column for tomorrow, Adam, since I always like to give away my columns on your radio show, right? To the 300% increase, yes. Yeah, to 300% increase in listenership, I, I guess I should take full advantage of the massive audience that we're reaching here today and kind of let people know I'll be writing a pens column tomorrow. And the premise is I'm taking all the quotes from the Penguins about how this might be a turnaround game against Columbus, but I'm applying them from the game two weeks ago. <laughs> because it just keeps happening. You know, every every time they have one of these watershed games where they think, this is the one that turns it around, it, it never does. And I can see why Penguin fans would start to doubt that after a while. You keep wanting to think it. You keep wanting to feel it. Boy, they were gritty and gutty, and they fought their way through with the Blue Jackets, and then they had maybe the worst game of the year against Anaheim. And now they've had this great game against the Blue Jackets again, great comeback. Well, okay, let's see if they can sustain this one. It's no longer a slow start. It's no longer it's just – November hockey. We can't even say it's just December hockey. Uh, can we get to 2018 hockey? Uh, you know, like that. Let's hope that has a different tone to it. Tim, appreciate the time, man. Tomorrow at five. Don't be listening to Madden. Listen to me because I'm getting my entire chest waxed for a fantasy football bet. Oh, so this is sort of like the Steve Carell thing from Forty Year Old Virgin. That's exactly what it is, and. You could lose a nipple. I mean, there's some truth to that joke as well. Wait a second. That's actually happened? Well, I mean, yeah, that's what I hear. Uh, I might have to rethink this. Find out at 5 tomorrow if I'm getting waxed or not. Thank you, Tim. All right, Adam. There he goes. The official vampire of the Crowley Show. Look for his column tomorrow on TribLive.com. Up next. God, I just want to kick James Harrison in the groin. It's the Crowley Show. Damn you, Joe. Some people are calling this game between the Browns and the Steelers a meaningless game. It is not meaningless. The Steelers can still get home field advantage. But I saw Andrew Filipponi from that station across the street was arguing with Mark Caballi about what this game means. And Mark thinks it's a good idea for the Steelers to sit there, guys, as do I. Uh, Filipponi was saying it doesn't make sense. If you want to get home field advantage, you have to definitively beat Cleveland. Here's my thing. I don't think you're going to lose to Cleveland either way. I mean, I suppose it's possible, but you're not going to lose to an 0-15 squad. Not going to happen. Not at Heinz Field. No way. And you have to weigh what's more important. Is it more important to be healthy? Or is it more important to have home field advantage? Guys can get hurt in the Cleveland game. And then you're going in the playoffs without your best players. You're not going to beat New England 
without Antonio Brown in the playoffs. Not happening. Not going to beat him without Le'Veon Bell in the playoffs. Not happening. Not going to beat him without Ben Roethlisberger in the playoffs. Not happening. So if the Steelers want to take the approach of we've already got a bye, we've got home game, at least for the first game, let's rest our guys. I'm totally on board. Last chance to sound off on that, 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. What is more important to you? To you, home field advantage or being healthy? I think most people will say it's about being healthy. Now, the argument can be made, well, if you're not going for home field advantage, if you're just going for the bye, then last week's game was about as meaningless as this week's game was, although they were still trying to lock up that bye, and they needed to win in order to do that. But here's what I'd say to that. You're not going to sit players against Houston and then against Cleveland and then have a bye week, and then have the week off prior to the game. You're talking about a month then without playing football against a competitive football team. So that's a stupid argument, in my opinion. Apparently, Dulac just went on CBS Sports Radio because Dulac is such a whore. Damn, Dulac! And he says, for those players to say the things they said about a player of James stature was shocking. Well, I think that that tells you what they think about James. I think that tells you exactly how they feel about him. I think that tells you how big of a douche he was being. It's not all that complicated to me. This many people don't come out and lie. It just doesn't happen. They're telling the truth. He's not showing up to meetings. He's not mentoring the kids. And they were sick of it. I think Ben's is right on. Something definitely went down recently to be the final straw. And my speculation would be that maybe James didn't get on the team flight. Again, total speculation. Maybe James didn't get on the flight. Maybe he said, I'm sticking around at Christmas if you ain't going to use me anyhow. If you're not going to use me, then I do not want to be on this plane when I could be with my kids opening Christmas presents. And maybe that was what finally pushed him over the edge. Maybe the Steelers are finally like, okay, you can't just stop showing up to games. You're not going to get that much of a free pass. You don't have full autonomy here. That ain't the way it's going to go. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I'm still feeling the effects of that Taco Bell, man. Oh, my God. I feel like I'm eight weeks pregnant. Yeah, weeks. Not months. Just like a little pregnant. Although, they say that you can't just be a little pregnant, just like you can't be a little wet. That's bubbling. Can you hear it? Can you hear the bubbling? You know what I'm doing the second I get out of here. Taking the Browns to the Super Bowl. I don't see how anybody could disagree with the Steelers' idea of sitting their key players in a game against an 0-15 squad whenever they're about to go to the playoffs. They also are taking into account the fact that the Jets just aren't going to beat the Patriots. It's not going to happen. Last week was the opportunity. The league screwed up. The Bills screwed up. And the Patriots persevered. Last week was the chance. If the Steelers were going to get home field advantage, it was going to be because the Patriots lost 
to the Bills or lost to the Steelers. It's not going to be because they lose to the Jets in Foxborough. Not going to happen. Steelers got bailed out a couple of years ago by the Jets when they won a playoff game, and then the Steelers were able to sneak their way into the playoffs. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen this year. And neither do they. They're weighing in all the options. Can we beat Cleveland without our starters? The answer is yes. Is New England going to lose to New York? The answer is no. Do we want our players to be healthy for the playoffs? The answer is yes. So you do what caters to that, and that's your rest, your best guys. I bet Ben plays a little bit. I bet Le'Veon probably doesn't play at all. Just surmising here. Just guessing. I'm looking forward to James Harrison speaking tomorrow, guys. I don't think he's routinely been all that illuminating here in Pittsburgh. Again, he was better one-on-one than he was in these large group settings. But tomorrow he's got some misconception, I'm sure, in his mind to try to overturn, right? If he, in fact, wasn't going to meetings, then he's got to explain himself. And if he was and the Steelers are selling him out, well, then he's going to want to talk about that. James Harrison is going to shine whatever light he has on this situation tomorrow, and I, for one, cannot be more excited about it. Man, this whole season has had the feel of a soap opera, hasn't it? Oh, my God, it's been so tremendous for me. I was telling my dad yesterday, I said, dude, when a team's 12-3, and you don't have much to talk about on the radio. Radio's about emotion. Radio's about fun. Emotion usually translates to fun. When fans get worked up, they need a place to go. That place is the Crowley Show. But when you're 12-3, and there's nothing to get worked up about. But with this team, oh, my God. Ain't that just wrong? Every week it's something new with them. The anthem, Ben retiring and unretiring. Antonio Brown flipping a Gatorade cooler. Martavis Bryan on Instagram. Marcus Gilbert gets suspended for PED use. Now it's James Harrison. The Steelers are the gift that keeps on giving, baby. And... We don't have to talk about the 0-15 Browns against the Steelers. And topic A doesn't have to be, shouldn't they wrestling eyes or not? We'll talk about it. We actually get to have the emotion back in this whole thing. The Steelers are perfect because they're going to play for a long time because they're good, which means more paychecks for people like me who are part of the Steelers radio network. And, and, They're also weird enough that they've given us gold all season long. And that should continue tomorrow. Because James could go total heel and just set fire to the whole place. Or he could try to mend the fences and try to retain his Steelers legacy. I don't know how it's going to go. I'm fired up. We'll have that for you tomorrow. The reaction plus, I get waxed at 5 o'clock, baby. All my high school friends are waxing me at the Carson City Saloon. Come by, drink with us, have fun with us, and watch me get waxed. It's a Crowley Show. He's a legend in Pittsburgh sports. The Godfather, Stan Saverin. The man who does spend time with his family can never be a real man. Saverin on Sports. Weekdays noon to 2 on ESPN Pittsburgh. 970 AM and now on 106.3 FM.